0: I'm Kendall Torin.
1: and I'm Ryan Johns
0: and last week was a moment for us
1: Um, we had a long conversation
0: we did (laughs) Um, I guess it's been two weeks since the last episode yes Um, we we had to take a minute um, because this week we kind of were doing some reflecting on what we wanted this podcast to be what we were talking about Um, And we got into our own stories about how we wound up in graduate school and in the field we're in. And we felt that we kind of needed to go back. And um, we, you know, a big thing for, for both of us is normalizing conversations around mental health and talking about why it's so important to make... You know, mental health and things like that, kind of a, a part of our daily lives, and feel okay about that.
1: Be able um, to just talk about it openly, and yeah. And, and I feel like listening back to last week's episode and talking about our journeys, it just didn't feel like we really did that. It didn't feel like we did that justice, and sure, um, that was just sad to me. that, yeah. You know, um, this was what we were trying to do, and. I might have fallen through the cracks a little bit. So we're owning that. (laughs) We're
0: owning that. We are grabbing it by the horns and um, we're going to take kind of a moment this week and kind of explore our own stories. And we're going to try and keep it brief because I feel like this is something that both of us could talk about for a long time. But um, we're hoping that this is something that we can carry on throughout um, the podcast and Kind of come back to our own journeys with different things a lot but we kind of wanted to take a minute and hit the pause button on diving into other subjects and kind of talk a little bit about our own journeys with mental health and then um, kind of have that as a frame of reference. Um, the whole point being if this is something we're going to advocate about and talk about how important it is we feel like it's something we need to do ourselves kind of um, by what we're selling in a sense so that's kind of where we're going today
1: yeah so this is us just owning the fact that it's hard to talk about mental health and it's hard to talk about um just some really hard things um, that's happened in the past Mm -hmm. and things that are happening in our life now um so as we start this like we like this is uncomfortable for us too and that's something Mm -hmm. that like we are recognizing And that we want to adjust in our own lives and help everyone um, in the world to see um, that this needs to be a conversation that isn't so awkward and um, Mm -hmm. that isn't so hard to do. And and we're hoping by kind of breaking this wall um, that we're one step closer to that world.
0: Right. And so to that end, um, I guess let's just dive right on in. Yeah.
1: You want to go ahead, Kendall?
0: I can, yeah, that sounds <laughs> yep. great. So, boy, um, I was actually just telling somebody yesterday, I'm probably going to share things that a lot of people in my life don't know. Part of that is kind of exciting that they're going to suddenly know all these things about yeah. my own journey, and then part of that is terrifying because it's like, oh, there's all these people in my life that just kind of don't know this stuff mm. about me.
1: Look at you using parts language
0: look. I love me some parts. Me too. Um, Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take us back to middle school Kendall because elementary school Kendall was great, had no problems and thrived. And then Kendall hit middle school, um, seventh grade really. And I think this is something that happens a lot. I mean, I work in a middle school, right? So I see a lot of the 12, 13 year olds who like, they're suddenly filled with hormones. Everything kind of hits the fan and it's just, everything is the worst thing ever. And so
1: you're trying to figure out who you are. It's just, yeah, you don't know who
0: you are. You don't know what size pants you need to buy. (laughs) It just is a journey. And so for me, um, i really kind of struggled when i got to middle school um and i kind of hit it pretty well honestly looking back i liked middle school but there was a lot going on internally that um i kind of hid from everybody around me um i i didn't talk a lot about um you know what was going on as far as like emotionally or inside my mind um that wasn't and i think i mentioned this in like our very first podcast that wasn't something That was very common in my family that we kind of had conversations about mental health or sort of emotional needs or anything Um, and so when I got into middle school and I suddenly had all these problems with this stuff I didn't really have a lot of language for it I didn't know how to talk about it Um, and it didn't feel like it was an acceptable thing for me to talk about with anybody and so I kind of kept it to myself And I would say by eighth grade, I was, I was pretty depressed. Um, And I mean, in the sense that um, I was really good at putting on a show for people. Um, I was very good at being one person around um, friends, around family. Um, But then when I was alone in my room or I was off by myself, I was kind of in a a completely different state, um, and I kind of got to my lowest place by the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade, um, there were a couple points during that summer where I would say it was probably suicidal, um, you know, I, I have memories of, um, thinking about different ways that I could kill myself, um, thinking about, you know, all the things you tell yourself when you're in that low and dark of a place of, you know, people won't miss me, nobody will care, um, they'll be better off without me. Um, And part of it was still being a hormonal teenager, and then part of it really was just kind of being in that low of a mental state. Um, And I think that's something that gets thrown out the window a lot with teenagers is Parents or teachers or whoever look at it and they're like, oh, it's just a phase or they're just a teenager. Yeah. You know, those concerns get written off pretty quickly. It's so um, real. In the and, yeah, for – and I think what's what's hard for some of those adults to understand in the kid's life is, yeah, for – as a, you know, as a 30, 40, 50-year-old, you can look at it and say, this is temporary. Um, but for a 13-year-old or 14-year-old, it, it, it feels like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And – um, that's really kind of where I was at at that point and mm. didn't feel like people cared. Um, some of that was kind of self-fulfilling. I didn't talk about it. So nobody knew. So of course nobody cared about something they didn't know about. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of a, the lowest point for me. Um, I also, I'll say I grew up in a very, um, religious household, a very Christian household. And I would say by, you know, beginning of eighth grade into middle of eighth grade um my own sort of religious identity my faith was very much a show um going through the motions doing things because you know my parents were heavily involved in the church and so i i had to look like the perfect kid um i had to look like the good christian kid i went to a private school until high school and so there was that pressure too um and then in high school, even though, you know, my freshman into my sophomore year, I still was, was very depressed. And <clears throat> my, you know, my, I would say I wasn't really a Christian at that point. Um, I, I didn't know how to be anything different. And so I was still putting on this show of this is look at this person I am um, for the people around me. But I didn't mean any of it. Nothing. It didn't mean anything to me. Um and it wasn't until probably the summer after my freshman year of college um that I was at a camp with some friends and you know hit a really low point. Um and I have this this memory of being out on uh we were at a camp that was kind of on this river and I was on a dock. Um there was like a pastor giving a sermon thing and I just kind of walked down the middle of it, I was kind of over it and um at that point, I didn't really care what he thought. I was like, dude, like, you're you're doing whatever you need to, but, like, I'm out. And I went and sat on this dock, and um, I kind of – it was this very, like, I don't know, maybe cliche <laughs> religious moment. Um, almost like um, – one of those scenes that you would see in like a teenage high school angsty (laughs) movie where I like looked up at the sky and I looked at the moon and I was like, Oh God, if you're real, give me a sign kind of thing. And, um, super angsty. And in hindsight, like I'm kind of embarrassed that this was like a turning point for me because of how like cliche and dumb it was. But you know, I, I sat there and like, I think in those moments we always expect like a fireworks display or something crazy happening. Like, like God to show up. To yeah. Them. Like, like him this guy is just, just going to show up like, in yeah. front of you and be like, Hey dude, like I'm God. How are you? <laughs> yes. You want a burrito? Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, like, obviously that didn't happen. And so I was just like, all right, well screw this. I'm done. And then like in that exact moment, um, my friends who were with me at the camp, they had like left and they came out and they just sat by me and I was like, Oh, all right. So like maybe this is what I needed. Maybe this is my sign is these people who are expressing like genuine concern for me and people who are expressing genuine care for me. Um, and so like that was kind of a turning point for me. And I really started believing, um, in the idea, the concept that people cared about me. Um, Because like, and that's something I didn't mention up until that point. um, And I really didn't have language for this until even college. But like, up until that point, I I did not believe I had any value at all. I didn't believe people cared about me. Like, that's how low kind of it got. And so in that moment, I was like, oh, maybe people actually can care about me. Maybe I'm worth caring about. Um, And so that was kind of the turning point for me. And then the rest of high school was really wrestling with That's like, that one single idea that people could care about me, Um, and, you know, got to to college and still had trouble with that. Um, At one point in college, my first semester, um, we had a, oh, gosh, what was it? It was, like, a formal or something in the fall of my freshman year, and um, I had a bunch of friends who were going, and, like, I was so not into it. Like, I'm not a, school dance person in general and so then they had this one in college and I was like all right well like I'll go take pictures with you guys but I was like schlubbing it up in like a <laughs> a sweater that I thought was black and then found out later it was like a dark green and I was oh, like well, okay I'm super colorblind um and then like they they were you know I I didn't go to the dance like they left early and came back and found me and I was just kind of like sitting in my room and so they were like hey let's go for ice cream <laughs> And I went with them and um, when we got back to campus, I was I somehow wound up in the backseat of a two door car in between like in the middle seat and Oh my gosh, the mental um, image of I know, just like me, like with an ice cream cone like curled up in the backseat of a car. You guys
1: don't know Kendall, he's over six foot tall. And-
0: I'm a large person. I'm actually short from my family, but oh, by God. normal <laughs> standards I'm quite quite a large human. Um, but, so I was in the backseat of this car and they knew, like, I, I'd i only known them for like a couple months by this point, maybe not even like two months, honestly, because it might've still been September, maybe even October. Um, so I hadn't known them very long and they were like, okay, dude, like something's off, like something's wrong with you.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was
0: like, no, I'm fine. Like very much like, screw you. Don't tell me how I feel. Yeah. Um, Well, as
1: most people are when they say I'm fine. Right. Like, it's like, I'm
0: fine. Like, no. Internally, I'm actually dying. But I'm not going to tell you that because who does that? Um, I mean, now I'll do that. But, like, at the time, I was like, no, not happening. And they they legitimately locked me in the backseat of this car. They would not let me out until Mm. I talked to them about what was going on. And so, finally, I was like, all right, like, I have to get out of this car because – My legs are starting to hurt. And so I was like, all right, well, like here's, I, I, you know, I just have a hard time thinking people care about me. I have a hard time thinking, like I have a hard time trusting people. I have a hard time opening up. I don't, you know, friendships are really hard for me because it's really hard for me to like open myself up to the possibility that people could even care about me and all this, the stuff that I've been struggling with. And one of my friends who was in the car with me, she kind of like turned to me. She was like, Hey, me too. And like that was this kind of moment for me. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, like I'm not the only person who like
1: normalize it. Like, oh my gosh, like
0: other people deal with this. And so like that was kind of a, a bonding moment for us. And we talked about it a couple more times. Um and honestly, like for me, my own journey with depression has been hard for me because it has affected um my ability to have close friends and so like even to this day that group of people that locked me in that car which i look back and i think is hilarious and i love all those people so much um, i'm not really friends with a lot of them anymore which is really hard for me looking back because i think about how impactful they were for me and how important those moments and those those times that i shared with them were um not just that one but like one of the other people in that car he became my, my you know my first friend in college. And, um, we ended up living together, um, for a year. And I look back at the way that kind of that friendship journey went and I'm like, wow, that was such a huge shame. And like, I, I am myself in my own sort of screwed up thinking in my own, like, you know, shame that I had of myself and all this stuff. Like I am hugely responsible for the downfall of that friendship. Um, and sort of the, the burden I carry with that, um, but that doesn't take away from like the gift that those people were to me when I had them in my life and when I needed them in my life, like they really were people that I needed at that moment. Um, and obviously like the door is always open for me. Like if they were to come back and be like, Hey, and want to sort of catch up and whatever, like I, in a heartbeat be like, Oh my gosh, yes. But, um, that's a separate thing. But (laughs) you know, like I just look at the way that, that, you know, my journey with, sort of my own depression has, has impacted my relationship with people around me, um, impacted my relationship with my own family, um, my ability to have relationships with my brothers, which has been really hard. Um, You know, that's something that I've had a difficult time with throughout my life, because I am so much younger than them to start with. And then, you know, my own, like, it all for me, a lot of it comes back to shame and just not feeling like I'm you know, it, that I'm worth it or that people care about me and all that stuff. And so, you know, feeling like, oh, my brothers don't even care about me, that they don't have any interest in having a relationship with me and then having to fight that, you know, those thoughts and that feeling and all that. And so that's been really tough for me too. Um, and, you know, it, I think something that, that the more I've worked through it, you know, mental health, depression for me, is something that it doesn't just, I think people think of it as like, oh, you just feel sad sometimes. And it's like, no, like it's this kind of thing that impacts your entire life. Yeah. Right? Like you don't get diagnosed with cancer and be like, oh, well, it only impacts you like in the doctor's office. Yeah. Like it, it's, you know, it impacts every area of your life and mental health is the exact same way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you have anxiety, you have depression, you have, you know, something and it, it does radically impact every aspect of your world. Um,
1: yeah, it becomes like, I mean, just like this little, like buddy that you get to carry around with that sometimes, yeah. well, a lot of the time it's like, I don't want to be your friend anymore, but like, yeah, you're still around, like you're still part of me. You're still coming with me to social events. You're still coming to me with me, like when I'm home alone or when I yeah. go out with my parents, like, it's just, Something that's always there, right? And and then what a shame it is that people can't talk about that and like just just get to you know put on that mask,
0: right? I think it's and 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 this is a terrible comparison, but my mind and I'm (laughs) this is a terrible analogy (laughs) for two reasons. Number one, because it's just generally terrible. Number two, because it's one I can't actually relate to. But it's for me, it's like this idea that like you have this child now, like it's this thing that is a part of you Mm -hmm. and you don't get to choose just to not have it anymore. Which is terrible because our parents who do that and I like, there's many reasons why they might do that. But like in my mind, I'm referring to the people who literally just leave their kids and I'm like, I I don't get to do that with this, this thing I have. Right. You can't
1: just like tell it to stay home one night. No, you can't like, 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 if you have an
0: infant, you can't be like, cool. Like there's food in the fridge. We're going out for drinks. Right. Right. Like, you have to plan for it. You have to figure out what to mm-hmm. do with it. You know, um, I'm referring to a baby as it. I'm pretty sure that's not considered, <laughs> but you know, like you get the point. Like you can't. I, it's not something that just isn't ever there, right? Yeah, you always it's part have to factor it into mm-hmm. your world, and and so like even for me, I know to this day, like it's hard for me to initiate relationships with even close friends because I'm like, well, they probably don't want to talk to me, or they probably yeah. don't have the time, or they probably, you know. I always am making excuses for for why people won't want to do anything with me or talk to me or whatever. Um, sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they just don't make sense. And I'll be like, oh, well, I just assumed you were whatever. And they're like, well, no, that's not. Like, I'm always going to have time for that. Or I'm always – if you ever call, like, I'll always answer the phone, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm so, like, interested. Like, I mean, just meeting with clients and stuff this last year, just really noticed – and like, especially like in your story, like the impact that relationships have on people's mental health and their attachment yeah. and their, just their overall being, um, and like for the good and for the bad and yeah. and what, how that just kind of just impacts every little aspect of life, just like you were saying with this. And, um, I mean, like just to segue into my story, I guess mm-hmm. that's a huge part of, um, just, I guess where my journey to kind of figure out my anxiety and I'll go back to college because um, I just like kind of like I grew up in this loving supportive home um but we never talked about feelings we never talked about emotion we talked a lot about like thoughts and like yeah. are you thinking right way are you like very, you know cognitive yeah like moving your brain to like you know what you focus on expands like those are mm-hmm. things that I grew up hearing and as I I believe with them all to be true, uh, we just didn't talk a lot about um, the other thing, um, which was the feelings and the emotional feelings. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so when I got to college, um, my mindset was, you know, I can I can move, I can push these feelings down. I can just think of other things. I can yeah. I can stop feeling this way, or I can you know stop feeling overwhelmed, or mm-hmm. um, you know stop being scared, or whatever, whatever it was. Um, And I found myself in a relationship, um, with a guy, um, early on in my college life. Um, and in the midst of it, um, you know, I thought my first boyfriend, this is like going to be like the end all be all. This is like, you know, the one I've like found my human, you know, he's perfect, blah, 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 blah. Um. While everyone in my life was telling me, this is a terrible human, (laughs) (laughs) you can't be with him. That should Um, be a red
0: flag. If everybody around you is saying walk away, (laughs) maybe you just take a quick note.
1: Right, right. Just pause.
0: Just hit pause.
1: But I was just so certain that this was it yeah. and um i couldn't see this red flags. and even when people told me there i would just had these you know rose-colored glasses make it really hard to see red flags right right and that's a
0: super common experience yes. too like there's no shame in that it's just like it is that thing when the classes come off Yes. yeah it just mm-hmm. it's hard
1: right so this relationship just really tore me up in ways um, that I wasn't even aware of in the moment in, in the relationship. Um, looking back now, like, um, I was getting, I was vomiting like every night almost because I just had so much just anxiousness. Just like, um, if I do this, if I don't do that, like, he's going to like hate me or like, um, he's going to hurt me or like, he's going to just a lot of emotional, like sexual, like just abuse happening. Um, that in, that I just thought was love in the moment. Um, and so like differentiating between like, um, what that really was and what that looks like and, and not knowing yet myself and, um, the emotions that were, that were bubbling up inside of me. Yeah. Um, it all came out in, in physical ways, like, like, like getting sick or, um, just, I mean, I couldn't eat, um, just, Not a lot of gut health things, like, um, just anything like that, because my body was trying to tell me, like, you shouldn't be doing this, Um, this this is where you're supposed to be, yeah. You're in a very stressful, traumatic situation, and you need to get out, um, and so, um, I mean, by the good Lord, like, the, that person ended up, ended, ending that relationship, um, and that in itself broke me, because I, that was, right. I mean, I think realizing that you've been in an abusive relationship and then that person leaves you, um, I I mean, I still am having, I still have a hard time, like, kind of wrapping my head around what that did for me, um, mentally and and what it still does for me, um, as I, you know, pursue my relationships that I'm in now, um, and so... I mean, still after that, that was the sophomore year of college uh, where our relationship ended, and, you know, I jumped into another relationship. Um, Definitely wasn't as severe as that, but I still just didn't quite – wasn't able to, like, understand my feelings. And um, the next person that I dated, he um, had some mental health stuff, and he was really the first person that kind of was, like – he was, like, the – only person in my life that was able to be, like, that he was able to tell, like, me, I'm sad, Mm -hmm. like, for himself, and I was, like, oh, like, you can do that, like, people can tell people that (laughs) you're sad, you can just say that, (laughs) And, and it, like, in the, like, when I, that person that I was then, when I was with him, I, I mean, I just, I feel bad because I just did not know how to handle that. Like, I was like, well, then stop being <laughs> was sad. You are trying to
0: be, like, a normal right? person. You are like, dude, stop.
1: <laughs> like, just stop being sad. Like, I don't know why I could do that. So if you're listening, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I hope you're in a better um, place now. Like, um, but I just, I was not equipped um, to be in that relationship at that time. Um, but it, it really, it just, it kind of just shifted this thing for me. And when I was with him, like, I realized, like, oh, my gosh, like, I was in a really bad relationship, mm-hmm. and, and he was kind of able to, like, kind of help me through that, and I really appreciate that um, in our relationship that we had. Um, but, again, it didn't work out because I wasn't emotionally ready for you were, that. You were right, You were <laughs> right, there for it. <laughs> right, um, so, then, so then, again, like, my um, – like, getting out of those relationships and kind of, like, figuring out who I was as, like, a single person um, and just – I guess, like, opening myself up to, okay, like, this is what it's like to not get sick every night, and, like, you can, like, mm-hmm. have an appetite, and, like, just, like, my, more of my, like, physiological symptoms, like, had subsided, because I mm-hmm. wasn't in such a stressful yeah. um, relationship anymore, and, uh, I mean, it really wasn't until after graduating, um, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up I didn't know where I was going um moved back in with my parents like joined the family business um like I said in the last podcast like um that did not work out um and what I meant by did not work out when I said that before was I was just coming home exhausted from doing nothing and just crying and just having this just like and then just being upset with myself for letting yeah. that so much emotion go. And, like, right. for being for being tearful, for crying, for feeling sad, for feeling confused, like, for for just feeling so overwhelmed with all these emotions that I had never let really, like, flow over me before. Right.
0: Well, and that's, I think, the big part of it is it, it, that wasn't something that you had ever allowed yourself to really yeah. go through. And so when you started letting it happen and this goes back to, like, what I was saying earlier, it impacts every part of your it life. Does. It's It's not, like, localized to, like, how you feel between the hours of 8 to 10 p.m., right? Yeah. It's like, no, this impacts how I do my work, this impacts how I do school, this impacts how I interact with friends, it impacts everything. Yeah.
1: And what I I would have heard, heard from people, and I, I do think that I was in, like, a state of depression, definitely, in, in that season of my life. Um, and... Like, talking to other people that have had depression or have seasons of depression um there's just this like mask that you put on for this like the show that yeah. like you were saying like there's a show there's a mask that you wear to to hide and like i mean even in those like what is it like some balta commercials like where like mm-hmm. they wear like they legit like have, a, mask. Just have a little like, yep
0: i mean that's, that's like so world.
1: true like you just you go through life as like normal as you possibly can and then like when you have a moment to mm-hmm. breathe it's just like oh my gosh but yeah. you're like both of these people are me yeah it just it's so you just confusing can't. and just so much
0: i just think it's you can't fully be the version of you that you want to be yeah because there's this other and i was just telling somebody just such today a dark side there um we were talking like sometimes in my experience that your close friends family the people who are around you all the time. I feel like we hear a lot that, like, they're the people who are the first to notice some of those changes that you go through, but I feel like in my experience, it's been, like, they're the people who don't notice them as much because they see you all the time, and so, like, if you, if you as the person who has a lot of anxiety or depression or whatever it is, if you're able to, like, I was control it and kind of make it incremental in those changes and mask a lot of it, like, they don't notice it, but sometimes it's the people around you who don't know you very well who look at you and you're like, Something's wrong. Like yeah. this isn't how a person is supposed to be.
1: Well, and I think the people that you're around the most—that's who you're putting on the biggest show for. Because you're yeah. like, cause like you know, like oh, like you know, my best friend knows me better than anyone, and like she's gonna be able to yeah. look at me and tell and say so, like something yeah. wrong. And so I and I do that. not want anyone to ask me right now what's wrong because I will completely fall apart right
0: or in that weird sense like i'm gonna put on an even bigger show to see how good of a friend she is to see if she actually notices mm, like if i'm yeah you know yeah. and that's i don't know i just feel like there's there's those people in our life that like we expect to notice things and then the, when they don't we get really mad at them right and like i feel like that's how kind of i was with my family and it's like well why didn't you notice why didn't you pay attention to this why yeah. didn't? it's like well because i didn't let them see it right, right. like
1: or, and then just, I mean, it took me a long time to get to the point where I could, My I mean, my parents are, like, my best friends, and I live with them still, like, I mean, they're just, I mean, I don't, I mean, not by choice, if I had money, I would not live with them, but, like, <laughs> I, lo- I love my parents, and um, I know they know me the best, and I just, I tell them everything, and, and I had never told them how, just how abusive my first relationship was,
0: yeah. and,
1: um only really actually told my mom um, and my dad the extent of it about a year ago um yeah. and just kind of like coming clean with that i guess is there just had been so much shame and yeah. like so much um just like questioning of myself mm-hmm. i guess um and just just angry at myself I mean I feel like
0: yeah
1: like just saying that is relieving to me like just telling like I was mad at myself like, I was just mad at myself, and I think, um, I don't know, that's just, like, a relieving statement to well, say. Well, and
0: it, it, when you're able to kind of vocalize those things and share them with people who are so important to you, there is that sense of, like, uh, like, there is that sense of relief, and, like, yeah. I think that's kind of the big lie that a lot of these things that we go through tell us, mm-hmm. is, like, you're you not to allowed to share them. You have to do, do this it alone. alone. Yeah. Like, there's that, like, I think that's something that we get in our culture a lot, is you have to deal with things alone there's i feel like a shift now mm-hmm. we're saying like no you don't you absolutely don't have to go through things alone like actually there's a lot of people around you who want to help you but we're just kind of now learning and i think we're on the tail end of like the generations that weren't ever really taught language for how to talk about stuff and cuz now in school and stuff like that like you know, we both are part of what our jobs are in schools is teaching kids how to talk about emotions, how to, how to, you know, tell people if you're struggling with things or whatever. And I don't remember getting that ever in school. Like it wasn't a thing. And so that's why like.
1: There was like happy, sad, and mad. And those were like the extremes of everything. It's like, those are the
0: three things you feel. Uh Um, If you feel sad or mad, just don't. Right. Like just be happy.
1: There was yeah. There's no tools or like there's no. there's no like way to feel better if you're there. You just need to be happy. Right. And when in
0: fact there's a lot more complexity to people than just three yeah. feelings. I mean, I
1: feel like we even like. I mean, I was at the elementary school last semester, and like I don't even feel like we talked that way. Like even at kindergartners, no. like it was like, yeah, like there's these feelings, but there's also like a million other feelings and way to feel, and uh, and it's okay to feel yeah. this way like let's figure out why and and like sad or happy
0: or mad like those are a great starting point because especially with younger kids like that is really where they start but then it's like okay you feel sad well what is sad like
1: for Mm -hmm. you like what does
0: sad look like what does it feel like you know yeah so you really kind of dig into it with people and help them understand like okay I'm sad but more than sad I also and like because you can be sad but really sad can be something you know about like I'm angry at myself for this reason okay I'm angry at myself why am I angry at myself I'm angry at myself because this person did this thing to me and that that hurt so I'm actually hurt okay what do I mean when I say you know you kind of just start going down the rabbit hole of like getting to the root of like what is the thing you're actually feeling yeah and like for me it was a lot of shame like I Mm -hmm. had a unreal amount of shame for myself but I didn't have language for that until my sophomore year of college right right whereas now we're in schools and like kids learn about shame and empathy and like all you know all the tons of different emotions you can experience as a human being you start having those conversations in like kindergarten first grade second grade Yeah.
1: so like as you can see like just our i guess like almost i mean there's a little bit of anger i mean for, for, like for me like i wish that like we were taught these things I right? absolutely. like i mean and part of that
0: is school part of that is like by no means do I mean I'm angry at my family but like I wish these kind of conversations were normalized in homes yeah and
1: like it's just something like I really do think it's like generational like I think Uh that like we're getting to that point where we are going to be able to talk about this and not and not and it not feel like it's like oh what was me like I'm a victim like there's it's not like that it's more than it's more than that it's just owning yeah it's a, it's a part of like owning your emotions, owning, owning your, your thoughts, story. being able to own it yeah. all, yeah, and being yeah. able to name it and, and just claim it as your right. your own.
0: And it's it's the whole idea of I'm more than just the things I do. Like I am yeah. I am a compilation of uh, all the things that make up a person, right? Like what I think and what I feel and what I believe and what I what I want, what I need, and of course like there's what you do and what you accomplish in there, but like there's more to you than just the things you do. Yes. And I think now we're getting into a place culturally where we're like, yeah, cool, let's talk about it, mm-hmm. right?
1: I love it. Like, this gets me, like, excited about the future. Like, I know, like, 20, <laughs> 2020, like, does not make me excited about the future <laughs> whatsoever, but, like, conversations <laughs> like this, like, um, get me just, I mean, just jazzed about it because I think that... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 20, I'm, yes. I'm actually 85. Um, But I just... <laughs> I just – I love to think that there will be a generation of, of people, of kids, of adults that will be yeah. – I have a dream that, you know, people will be able to communicate their feelings at a young age and be able to own that. And um, and just I think with that will come, come a lot of confidence um, yeah. that where for us it might have been some shame.
0: Yeah. So that's a little – snapshot into our worlds i'm sure we'll continue to talk about these things in our own stories as we you know dive into different topics and um you know we're more complex than just this one conversation so um, <laughs> right. you know I, I we just felt like it was really important that we kind of take a minute and or i guess more than one minute but take a number of minutes
1: <laughs> so you can just, just a couple dozen yeah minutes i least. hope that you guys can just see like our hearts for this and like that yeah. we We really do um, believe in what we're doing.
0: We're going to practice what we preach.
1: Yes. And you guys can call us on it. If you don't, yeah. Please,
0: because I will probably fail. Because like we said,
1: this is not an easy thing to talk about. And and we're not saying that it is. It's definitely not. We're Um, not experts. I feel like we've established that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not experts. This is probably. Like, we claim
0: zero expertise in anything.
1: But uh, we love doing this. And grateful for those listening. So Thank you guys so much.